This is an attack warning. Repeat, this is an attack warning. Sign on with the devil. So, Brandon, I will start with you. What do you think about the comments? I mean, the numbers are staggering. This is going to seem really, really insensitive. We're going to need a tank. Jim, uh, why have you looked at this president and said, I, I support what he's doing? He's got us locked in a basement. Uh, Frank came to my office, asked me, first of all, he asked me for an airplane ride. So this guy's a wise guy, so I gave him an airplane ride. Like if the Titanic took like four years to sink. Rick! Sign on with the devil. Welcome back to the Devil's Advocate Podcast. I am your host, Brandon. I am joined again by Franklin. How are you doing today? Doing pretty good. How are you doing? (laughs) I'm doing okay. Technical difficulties aside, I'm doing okay. Um, It's a great start. Yeah, it is. Uh, Frank, what's your high point this week? Uh, I saw on the way over here, I was looking at the trees, and like, I don't know if you noticed the weather. You haven't actually probably been outside very much in the last year. Forever. Yeah. Um, we're actually entering, we, we finally exited the, like, the shitty days of summer and are into fall. Right. Which means that I can wear pants again and not, sh- I fucking hate shorts, man. Right. Someone with pasty skin, it does not work well. <laughs> it doesn't work well when you wear pants over to your buddy's house who has a uh, broken AC. I, I've noticed that, yeah. Yeah, yeah about that. Like a sweaty episode. I'm trying to, I'm trying to, I'm trying to outlast Mother Nature. I don't think it's going to happen, though. It's really like one phone call away. I'm just be, I'm just pushing it off. I thought it was no that reason. thing of like CNN said like, oh, COVID is more uh, catchable if you like the if a, it, with an AC unit. And you're AC like, turn on, that motherfucker off. Turn it off. Not dealing not dealing with this shit. I it's hear the quench- civil the civil war usually seeps in through the vents through the wind. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so okay, my high point um, actually just happened right before we started recording. Um, as a St. Louis Blues fan. I have been semi-worried. Uh, our, our captain, defenseman Alex Petrangelo, um, is a free agent this year, and so the everybody's waiting to see how we're gonna freaking the fuck out. How we're gonna uh, how we're gonna get the money to sign him? And then a few weeks ago, the Blues told him to explore free agency, which made everybody in St. Louis, uh, nervous if you're a Blues fan. And uh, shortly before we started the recording of this episode, the news broke that the Blues had signed um, uh, defenseman Tory Krug. Um, and that's, like, that's fantastic. Like, now we know that the that that's the end of the Petrangelo saga. There we don't was have a to plan. Think, yeah. yeah. We don't have to think anymore about, you know, What's going to happen as I want to say this summer, because that's real, like when it feels like hockey, we should be talking about this. But this fall, uh, we don't have to be anxious over it anymore. We know that like we, it's not going to happen. Does but give you hope re- for the 2021 season. Yeah. Krug is a very good defenseman. Um, I'm and we signed him to a seven year deal. And so like I am satisfied with our general management. Um, they've made some calls where. People at 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 first, uh, like telling Petrangelo to explore uh, free agency, that made everybody nervous. And there have been several moves over the years 
that like at first look you're like what's going on here it seems to work out like so i'm i'm pleased about that um so this episode is gonna be a little bit different than what i had intended when we recorded last week i thought that when we sat down uh we would probably just be going through the vice presidential debate as the last episode uh covered the debacle that was the first presidential debate um Turns out a lot can happen in a fucking week. Uh, <laughs> the understatement. This actually may be the the craziest week uh, that we have covered since in the last four years. Um, at least it at least it feels that way as I was prepping the episode. But we're gonna pretty much cover the last week uh, in in as as close to chronological order as we can here, although it's going to feel jumbled at times um, just because of the, kind of the way that this week has played out. So as of recording, it's October 9th, um, and we're going to go back through the past about 10 days, uh, starting with September 30th, um, and which is a little bit before Donald Trump gets announces that he is tested positive for the coronavirus. Um, that I, it seemed like that was a shock to so many people, but it shouldn't have been. No, not at all. Like when it happened, it was the kind of thing that like, Oh, hindsight's twenty twenty, but it seemed like everyone was like, well, of course that would fucking happen. Let's look at kind of a timeline of what was happening shortly before this was announced, um, and then we'll kind of go through just the the past 10 days. Um, On September 30th, Trump held an outdoor rally in Minnesota uh, where advisor Hope Hicks starts to experience minor symptoms, according to the New York Times. Um, Hicks was isolated in the back of Air Force One on the flight back from that Minnesota rally. So... This is a few days before any of us know about Hope Hicks. Uh, but so there were already signs that it was getting close to home here on September 30th. Um, the following day on October 1st. Which, I mean, is that a surprise, though? You No. Trump has been holding rallies where there are no mask requirements, no yeah. social distancing. Well, he's been bucking the guidelines since yeah. day one. Shaking hands. Everyone, <laughs> no one can wear a mask because it's a sign of weakness. I mean, didn't he go, wasn't the first time that we saw him publicly wear a mask in a uh, hospital or something? Because even uh, It was the factory, I believe. Was it? I think it was the first. Because I mean, he didn't wear it for cameras, but pictures came out later of him backstage right. with a mask on. But then I think... Did he wear it when he went and saw? I thought the hospital like he didn't. I don't know. All I all I, know. I know is it, it it's no secret that he is not. He has, he's been bucking he's been, it. He's been courting. I mean, shit. Sick. In the last in the last debate in the debate the um, maybe first and only. I don't know. We'll get into that later. <laughs> uh, but he was making fun of Joe Biden for wearing a mask. The biggest uh, mask you've ever seen. Ever seen. I don't know uh, what that means. Yeah. So if we look fast forward to the next day, October 1st, the White House learns uh, that Hope Hicks had tested positive just as Trump is leaving for a fundraiser in New Jersey. Uh, the Trump campaign moves forward with the New Jersey fundraiser despite knowing the president had been exposed. Um, media outlets later that night reported that Hicks had tested positive while the White House never made an official uh, announcement about that. I think that was in time just beyond the evening news, if I remember now, is correctly. This, is this the uh, the video that went around Twitter and social media and stuff of Trump throwing MAGA hats to the crowd? Uh, this, once he once that was he, at that Minnesota rally. That's, I believe. Okay, this is yeah. the day we're talking about. So he knew that day that he was on a plane with someone who had COVID and had been exposed to it. Yes, you know. 
Yeah. Yeah, because she had she had felt bad the day before they isolated her. Then that day she had tested positive. I mean, I can't prove that he knew, but like his team knew. Yeah, the White House knew. Um, at one at shortly before one a.m. that night, that going into the next morning on October second, uh, Donald Trump had he he tweeted that he and the first lady had coronavirus, had tested positive for coronavirus. Um, Bury that tweet 1 a.m. Which was interesting because that was uh, literally five minutes after we finished recording the episode, the last episode. Um, Episode 100, yeah. Which was crazy because as soon as we got done with that and you and Jim left, I got on social media and that was the first thing on on my feed. And I was just like, well, this episode. Invalidated fucking everything. Everything. Like everything no matter what now at that point especially it was like trump could be dead by the time this episode comes out right he's a 74 year old man who just got covid19 and he already has a heart defect interestingly enough as we go through this timeline it will seem kind of like he was uh kim jong-uning us (laughs) um just the way that this is presented um still on october 2nd chief uh or chief of staff mark meadows tells reporters the president was experiencing mild mild symptoms adding we have a president that is uh not only on the job will remain on the job and i'm optimistic that he will have a very speedy recovery mark meadows was telling us that trump was experiencing mild symptoms the same day that he later leaves for Walter, Walter Reed. Um, yeah, and I don't know how true this is, but I know I've heard anonymous sources say that the reason Trump left is because his uh, symptoms got so bad in such a quick amount of time that they didn't want they wanted him to still be able to walk to the car to go to the hospital. They did or not the want a helicopter. The helicopter. Yeah, they did not want a situation where he was being stretched out of the White House because what would that do to the what does that what does that do to the Wall Street? What does that do to the stock market? Well, right, yeah, yeah, and I mean, that, and that's a fair argument. Like, I mean, considering what's going to happen in a little bit in this timeline, that right. I know, yeah. Um. So, and on later on the same day, White House uh, physician Sean Connolly releases a statement announcing Trump is given an experimental an- antibody cocktail from pharmaceutical company uh, Regeneron, along with zinc, vitamin D, uh, femetanine, uh, melatonin, and aspirin. Um, the White House never discloses uh, the White House never discloses that information or the information that Trump was also experiencing fever and low blood oxygen levels. Um, yeah, because the doctor had said like he had skirted the question when he was asked, right? And, and it wasn't he, revealed until Sunday. Yes, when yes. he was like, "Oh yeah, we did give him oxygen," and then it came out like the next day that like, "Oh, we gave him oxygen twice." Right. Like he was in much worse shape than we kind of let on at first. It drew into question immediately uh, how mild the symptoms are if you are getting rushed to a military hospital. Yeah. Um, and it's not like like Trump doesn't have a full time physician on staff. The White House doesn't have someone there, right? That, so something that monitors something's health. bigger. If than, you if yeah. you believe the White House, he's being tested multiple times a day. I mean, I don't know that I believe that, but that's at least the line we've been fed that everyone in the White House is getting multiple tests and they're keeping the president safe. Obviously, they didn't do that good of a job. No, they they obviously didn't, Um, which started to make me wonder, like kind of quickly after this all broke that he had covid like he was just at a debate two nights ago with Joe Biden where they were standing however many feet apart, um, probably more than six. But still, I mean, was when did he test well, positive first? And, well, and the, I don't think that yeah. we still have that information, right? We don't know when his first. Well, I think it was two days later. We don't know when his last negative test was. No, yes, prior. because they just say they test him every day, but we don't have any proof. Right. 
But I think also like the, like we didn't talk about it during that debate in the last episode. We didn't get into it. But Chris Wallace had a like a, a back and forth with Trump's son, being like, "Look, we offered them masks. We asked them to wear it. Like right. your entire side, your family, everyone who came to support Trump, all of you refused. Right. Like, and then now you're the president has COVID. Isn't that kind of like?" Not that we would rejoice over him getting sick, but like that's it. You fucking. This is what you get for not listening to doctors well, and it's, scientists. It's Darwinism. Like when you're going to laugh in its face, <laughs> like it don't uh, give a shit. Right. I mean, that's kind of. Yeah, a virus doesn't care how much money you have. I mean, like, no. and, and I mean, in the respect that like the president gets the best health care in the world, probably it does. But even that's not enough, as we can see. Right. It was later that night on October 2nd that Trump took his first uh, dose of remdesivir um, after arriving at Walter Reed. Um, now, so, and that is not available to the general public either, right? I don't know that... Uh, or is that Regeneral or... Regen- I, I don't know. I, I know that a lot of these drugs are only used in like the severe instances, which was one of the things, too, once we started getting the list of drugs, that the media started pointing out that, like... They're saying mild symptoms, but... He's getting steroids. He, like, he's getting a bunch of shit that... Throughout all of 2020, we've only heard of these being used in the most severe instances. Now, granted, he is the president of the United States, so there is an argument to be made. Abundance of caution is, you know... Right. I, I do believe that. Yeah, absolutely. And you would want that, you know... Because that's... I mean, that's the leader of the free world. That's yeah, what you, you can't take risks like you can with normal people. Um, so on October 3rd, uh, contradictory statements caused confusion about Donald Trump's condition. White House physician Sean Connolly says Trump is doing great in a press conference. Uh, but then moments later, chief of staff Mark, Mark Meadows tells him, tells reporters that Trump's vital signs were very concerning. Um, yeah. And there was no clear path to recovery. I think that like, that was the weirdest thing. He said that to reporters. Off the mic, like I want to talk to you yeah. on like on background or whatever. But there were reporters taking pictures of him talking. Like it wasn't hard to figure out which one gave him that information. Right. Um. Yeah, and it would become clear within the next couple of days that at least publicly, the White House was furious with Mark Meadows for having that conversation with. Yeah, reporters. because the doctors. I mean, if you listen to the doctors, they skirted around the oxygen question of whether how sick was Trump, and they just said, well, according to him, he feels great. Right, and they kind of did that, and then he kind of came out and like, oh no, it's actually worse than you think. Right, they, which I don't know, like maybe was that him trying to get sympathy for the president? Was that him trying to prepare the public that he might die? Well, and that's why I said it feels kind of Kim Jong Uni because uh, yeah, it does. It, it's it's the whole thing where it's like we don't really know what's going on. Did he have a heart attack? Did he have like dental work done? Like what the fuck? Right, like, like where has he been? Does he have the sniffles? Yeah, like <laughs> what's going on? Um. And uh, so still on October 3rd, though, that Donald Trump released a video um, from Walter Reed. I want to begin by thanking all of the incredible medical professionals, the doctors, the nurses, everybody at Walter Reed Medical Center. I think it's the finest in the world for the incredible job they've been doing. Uh, I came here, wasn't feeling so well. I feel much better now. We're working hard to get me all the way back. I have to be back because we still have to make America great again. We've done an awfully good job of that, but we still have steps to go and we have to finish that job. And I'll be back. I think I'll be back soon. And I look forward to finishing up the campaign the way it was started and the way we've been doing and the kind of numbers that we've been doing. We've been so proud of it. 
But this was something that happened, and it's happened to millions of people all over the world, and I'm fighting for them, not just in the U.S. I'm fighting for them all over the world. We're going to beat this coronavirus, or whatever you want to call it, and we're going to beat it soundly. So many things have happened. If you look at the therapeutics, which I'm taking right now, some of them, and others are coming out soon that are looking like, uh, frankly, they're miracles, if you want to know the truth. They're miracles. People criticize me when I say that. But we have things happening that look like they're miracles coming down from God. So I just want to tell you that I'm starting to feel good. Uh, you don't know over the next period of a few days, I guess that's the real test. So we'll be seeing what happens over those next co next couple of days. All right. So real quick point that the I feel like the miracles from God thing could be uh, one of two things. Um, it could be actually him channeling faith. And so I don't want to shit on that because now if I was a guessing man, I Donald Trump doesn't express a lot of faith other than like holding up Bibles in front of churches for photo ops and two Corinthians or whatever the fuck he said. Uh, like, so, but like I, I told you too earlier in the week that like, there are no atheists in foxholes, right? Like if you're faced with what you think could be death and if your vital signs were down, like maybe he did. So I don't, yeah. I don't want to well, shit especially on that. Considering um, he is a millionaire in the president, I, if you get to a point where, like, you're on a table looking up at doctors frantically trying to save you or to, to make sure you're able to breathe, I, I can imagine you get into a point in your head where you're like, right. yeah, that the presidency, the money does me no fucking good right now. One thing, though, that I do want to put, uh, the reason for stopping it there uh, is because he, so I want to put real world terms or or physical worldly terms on his miracles though. The miracles he's talking about is medicine in this case. It's access to healthcare. And he has considerably better access to healthcare than the normal person of the millions that well, he just talked and about. and how ironic too that his entire presidency has been built on this idea of repeal and replace Obamacare right. with nothing and just kick 20 million so people like, off of... So if it is a, sp a spiritual moment for him, good. I'm like, come, that's Come fine. to Jesus, please. Yeah. If that's legitimate... But I think that there yeah. is, like, there is... That, that should not be overshadowed. That, like, what is saving you right now is something that the the people who have died don't like like the majority of people who have died don't have access to uh military hospitals the best health care in dc they didn't like, have a team of people disinfecting everything around them right uh, you know in hazmat suits yeah i also want to thank the leaders of the world for uh their condolences and their they know what we're going through they know what as your leader what i have to go through but i had no choice because I just didn't want to stay in the White House. I was given that alternative. Stay in the White House, lock yourself in, don't ever leave, don't even go to the Oval Office. Just stay upstairs and enjoy it. Don't see people, don't talk to people, and just be done with it. And I can't do that. I had to be out front, and this is America. This is the United States. This is the greatest country in the world. This is the most powerful country in the world. I can't be locked up in a room upstairs and totally safe. and. Uh, just say, hey, whatever happens, happens. I can't do that. We have to confront problems. As a leader, you have to confront problems. There's never been a great leader that would have done that. I'm pretty sure nobody asked him to do that. That's not what a fucking leader would do. 
Um, I don't think anybody probably asked him to stay upstairs and how, not be a also, leader. How hard do you want to play the victim card on yourself? Like they told me I could just sit there and enjoy it. They told me I didn't have to work, but no, I have to work. I have to fight for right. you. And, and fighting for you is apparently waving at a crowd of people who like well, him. Well, he said somebody had to do it. Like, no, you didn't have to do this. You could have worn a mask. You could have washed your hands. You could have socially distanced. You well, could also, have set well, a mean, good example for to, a lot of people. This, but, like, does Trump to leave the White House for anything other than to do shit that's not related to his job? When he leaves the White House, it's for a presidential rally to get reelected mm-hmm. or it's to go play golf. Yep. Those are not germane to doing his fucking job. He can do that from his bedroom. With Zoom and with meetings and with AIDS, and another, you can pass a note under the door. Don't forget pissing on hookers. <laughs> Just saying. It's like um, a, that's like a smoke signal. That sends a message. Do you think that that video was more a... It was it? I I can't see it as anything other than him trying to garner garner some sympathy in this well, like. I don't know if it's sympathy. Like, I was sick, but now I'm feeling better. But like, I feel like he's playing. He's definitely playing politics. He's still treating it like it's a political issue, he did, even but, while he's in the middle of a health crisis. But you notice that he did health it. Crisis. He did it in a weird way where he, he didn't call it the China virus because like he said tre- or whatever you want to call, call it. it. Right. Because given his people <laughs> that option, like we all know what I'm he, saying. Well, he could be dying right now too, and you don't right. want to piss off god in the last five minutes because like if if you're good in the last five minutes he forgets all the other shit yeah or i mean i don't know you have a lot of doctors who've been calling it covid19 you don't want to start calling the covid like the china virus like right. i didn't learn a goddamn thing um so if we jump forward to the next day october 4th uh Connolly gives finally gives more details about trump's symptoms the president had a fever on friday and low blood oxygen levels on two occasions um, once on Friday before he left for Walter Reed and again on Saturday. But when asked why he didn't disclose the oxygen drop before, Connolly says he was trying to reflect the upbeat attitude of the team. Uh-oh. Now we have another Bob Woodward moment of downplaying the... Like, he, the problem with downplaying it... And look, I get it. Like, there is there might be some... Uh, argument to be made that do we want all of our allies and adversaries to know exactly what's going on moment by moment? Um, that's a fair point. That's a fair point. Yeah, I'll entertain that possibility. And there is some like if I was in the business of protecting America's secrets, I could easily see making a strong argument that, like, hell no, we don't tell them right. how sick the now, president is. to pat or... myself on the back, I'm the only fucking person that's made that argument. I haven't seen that argument anywhere. <laughs> but, like, I would say that that's one fair... Uh, well, and I think, like, because there is some historical context. We all know that FBD, FDR had polio and hid it from the American people. The difference with them is that FDR, polio did not, uh, it wasn't like a sudden outbreak during FDR's presidency right. that we were just dealing with and that he tried to sweep, sweep under the rug and then and he got made, it. And then made it worse by trying to sweep yeah. it under the rug. And then got it. Like, And that, that yeah. would be a little d- different. But like, we're more sympathetic to him because he didn't actively court the sickness as Trump has. Right. Um that day, uh, Trump start on October fourth. Trump starts receiving steroids um, to treat his condition. Uh, he also leaves the hospital on October fourth um, to to wave. Uh, 
Read, read this. Go ahead and try to read. Go ahead. It pisses me off, man. I forgot where, how quickly this bullet point comes in, um, which is crazy, too. Because before this, it's Trump's been like, all right, you're an old man. I don't agree with what you're saying. I think you're stupid. You haven't been evil yet. Right. I mean, well, you all know you, I guess you have beforehand. Yeah. But since you got the virus, you have some um, sympathy built up. Well, you're away from the cameras, and everybody like everybody can take a breath for a second. Um it's funny though because we're if you look at the timeline we're speeding right through it right we're five days in but in real time for everybody like everybody admit to yourself right now that this felt like it was taking like this last week felt like three weeks like, oh yeah if you were paying attention to the news like and do you like, remember that a debate happened <laughs> anymore I, we we're missing a supreme court judge i keep forgetting that <laughs> right um so on october 4th in the afternoon trump leaves the hospital to wave to supporters from an suv outside of walter reed um people were not very receptive to this move um, even a doctor at Walter Reed was tweeting immediately like he he's driving around in a hermetically sealed limo. It is sealed from biological a- chemical attack. Right. Those Secret Service agents are now exposed 100 percent. Right. The air had nowhere to go. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, for nothing for a photo op like and, and, and like and I saw this. This is where the stock market that we talked about earlier came in. Trump waved his supporters from an SUV. Like, fucking a cult leader waving from a car window. They, that's all you get to see him. Right. And then, like, the stock market ticked up. Like, because he's still alive? What the fuck is it going off of? Yeah. I mean, probably, though, right? Because that's the whole... I keep relating this to Kim Jong-un because they're both bad fat men. Um, and they, like... And they're both tiny. <laughs> um, but there's a lot of parallels here to me, the way that Trump has played this entire thing. And, like, one of the things that... If, it is a, like a dictator. Well, and if Kim Jong-un, if there's rumors that he's dead, the first thing he's going to do is show up, right? To show everybody that he's not dead. Um, like, that's just... Like, that's government propaganda. Like, you see that. That's not uncommon. And Trump is playing this like a strong man, even while, like, the reports from behind the scenes are that, like, he's not doing. We're not really sure if he's doing well, but we have, like, mixed. We have mixed stories. Right. So we don't really know what's going on. So, you know, again, it was one of those things where, like, as I'm experiencing it and watching it play out, I'm just like, ah, this sucks. I don't. I don't know. This was this was a rough week. For me, mentally, I'm <laughs> trying to fit, trying to place what's going on in this timeline. We're getting great reports from the doctors. This is an incredible hospital, Walter Reed. The work they do is just absolutely amazing, and I want to thank them all, the nurses, the doctors, everybody here. I've also gotten to meet some of the soldiers and the first responders, and what a group. I also think we're going to pay a little surprise to some of the great patriots that we have out on the street. And they've been out there for a long time, and they've got Trump flags, and they love our country. So I'm not telling anybody but you, but I'm about to make a little surprise visit. So perhaps I'll get there before you get to see me. Uh, But I just, uh, when I look at the enthusiasm, and we have enthusiasm like probably nobody's ever had. Our people that love the job we're doing, we have more enthusiasm than maybe anybody. So uh, it's been a very interesting journey. I learned a lot about COVID. I learned it by really going to school. This is the real school. This isn't the let's read the book school. And I get it and I understand it. And it's a very interesting thing. And I'm going to be letting you know about it. In the meantime, we love the USA and we love what's happening. Thank you. 
the the entire like oh I've been to the school of COVID and I get it and you already see that like he is going to well first of all didn't he get it back in March I thought he said he understood it and it was going to blow over right but no he just went to school and he really got it right not the school where you read books school because that's bad he went to the school where people who read books and went to school tell him what they read in there because it's it's a shortcut Brandon he didn't have to go to school and listen he just had smart people tell him stuff that he kind of half remembered although I regurgitated as shit I will say to the listener don't I fucking hate him (laughs) don't get COVID as a shortcut that's a bad play like that's just not smart no Um, who fucking says that like this isn't the read the book school that is what fucking school is he is a guy who is going to project that he is stronger than COVID if he survives it which he probably will because he's a president and he has more access than anyone else on, in this country uh, he I, he's gonna survive it and he's gonna be stronger than it and he's gonna play it off now like now that he's survived it everyone should survive it I don't like people who don't survive COVID you can hear that that's a future clip hopefully not we can solve that I mean, in a couple <laughs> weeks COVID um, could have solved that if it would have done his fucking job. <laughs> well, all I, right. I shouldn't say that, but he's I'm fucking that clip pissed me off. Like, yeah, I'm gonna leave this hospital where doctors would definitely recommend the people who read books, well, the went to reading school books, like they again, would recommend me not leaving this hospital because I'm fucking contagious. Again, it's just like it. And why? Because they've been people have been waiting there a couple hours. Who fucking people wait six hours for a video game release at midnight? Are you gonna go wave to them? His level of shittiness is very consistent. That is one thing that you can give him through his this this whole four years that feels like an eternity like you can at least say that like his level of shittiness is it's a is, it's a plateau it just it keeps like right along yeah like, steady clip mm-hmm. yeah it does he um, can't really outdo himself because he's always outdoing himself <laughs> right um on october 6th the white house outbreak continued to grow i'm sorry on october 5th in a tweet trump announces his own discharge from the hospital and tells the public don't be afraid of covid don't let it dominate your life and not only does he do that but he uh releases a video as well uh, the third in the trilogy i just left walter reed medical center and it's really something very special the doctors the nurses the first responders And I learned so much about coronavirus. And one thing that's for certain, don't let it dominate you. Don't be afraid of it. You're going to beat it. We have the best medical equipment. We have the best medicines, all developed recently. And you're going to beat it. I went, I didn't feel so good. And two days ago, I could have left two days ago. Two days ago, I felt great, like better than I have in a long time. I said just recently, better than 20 years ago. Don't let it dominate. Don't let it take over your lives. Don't let that happen. You've got a guy who has COVID who's like, I'm stronger than it. My dick is bigger than COVID's dick. <laughs> like, <laughs> what the fuck, man? And and it, it like it plays into that whole narrative of, uh, come on, guys. It's no big deal. Like, ignore the fucking 210,000 deaths now. Um, you know, we haven't, we've done... 25 episodes this year since March like so since March and like you follow along with them and that number just continuously like at some points drastically rises we haven't said it for a while but 210,000 is ridiculous in fucking seven months um 
you know, we're talking about like if it if we continue at the trajectory that we are at, a half a million people in a little over a year. That that's fucking ridiculous. And you've got this guy over here, es- sits- especially when you compare it to what Ebola did under Obama or the last couple outbreaks. Which you like, yeah, maybe they got lucky. Maybe the virus wasn't as nasty as or as spreadable. Spreadable, you know, definitely. But that doesn't mean that like other you can't look at other countries and and measure us by that same stick and be like, oh, we come up really short, guys. Right. Our response was somehow a lot worse than countries that we claim to be so much better than. So it also seemed crazy too to me that he was being. Uh, that he was saying that he was going to leave only two days after going to the hospital because as we have been following COVID throughout the entire year, like usually when somebody has to go into the hospital, it doesn't seem like two days is the realistic. No, a two day recovery is more akin to you getting sick a little which, bit at home and just be like, all right, I'm going to sit which here. Which granted, and it also depends on when he, uh, when he got it and when he started showing symptoms because there's a timeline you know so like i mean he's still probably not out of the woods right now we could be talking what was it herman cain right like they yeah got it and it was 39 days between the time that he contracted it and he passed away and like the story through the whole thing every update was he's getting better he's getting better he's getting better and the last one was like i'm feeling great and or the penultimate one was i'm feeling great and then he's dead yeah um so uh after arriving at the white house from walter reed uh trump takes off his mask and poses for a photo op on the white house balcony let's talk about that for a second because that was a moment that the entire not fox media was screaming mussolini um that was a very like hollywood-esque the helicopter landing like it felt very much like not... a scene from independence day yeah um also i mean you clearly didn't learn a goddamn thing about covid because the first thing they would have tried to teach you is how contagious it is right and how just because and you don't you... feel sick does not mean you're not going to get right. others sick and you know that he is because i he's... mean as the story broke today i think late last night or today as we're recording this that someone on the secret service staff i believe is gravely ill with covid right he's contracted it like, people might die because yeah. of this. Well, and I was listening to reports. Oh, no, people have died because of this. Right. But Well, you mean in the White House. Well, yeah, orbit. people in the White House might die, yes. Right. Um, that shouldn't make a difference to no. the president, considering that these are the people he's been elected to lead, but it apparently does. Well, well no, it doesn't even, because he doesn't give a fuck. If you don't say good things about him, he wasn't elected to lead you. Are you kidding? Uh, he's got he's, he's governing 30% of the country. That's, that's all he... Like, that's all he's doing. He's not president. And even if you wanted to, like, I know that early on in the show, I always joked about the asterisk because I joked about his legitimacy. Put that, like, to the side. That asterisk belongs there because of the way that he governs. He doesn't govern all of us. He is not a president for all of us. Not for the people, by the people. That, I like, I feel like Trump. For more... the people who voted for me, by the people who voted for me. Right. And not even them, really, because if they start not liking him, he's not governing for them anymore. Yeah. Um. It, he proved the epitome of like the hashtag not my president that like started in 2016 or 17 or whatever, because he's not. Um. So after after that photo op, when he got out of the helicopter and he took the mask off and he was standing up there doing his whole Kim Jong Un thing, uh. 
he looked like he was breathing heavy. And that was the first time that I was like, oh, okay. Well, like, you're not okay. You're faking this. Like, you're you're bullshitting because, like, this is still a political thing to you. This is still a fucking partisan issue. This is still about optics. It's not about fucking you, anything else. What you're telling me is that he didn't have his come to Jesus moment, and he didn't. Like, yeah, I mean, which we, right. he's never going to. No, he's not. Um, so shortly after he stepped away from the balcony, st- I believe still on the balcony, uh, he turned to a camera and we got this video. We have the greatest country in the world. We're going back. We're going back to work. We're going to be out front. As your leader, I had to do that. I knew there's danger to it, but I had to do it. I stood out front. I led. Nobody that's a leader would not do what I did. And I know there's a risk, there's a danger, but that's okay. And now I'm better, and maybe I'm immune, I don't know. But don't let it dominate your lives. Get out there, be careful. He got COVID for the people, for like the Jesus? People. Like By he, the people. He, he got sick for our sins? Is that what he's saying? He's Superman, what bro. What the fuck is he talking he about? He had to do it. He had don't to go. be afraid of it. it. Fucking, the old people, people his age should be afraid of it. Yeah, yeah, he's an idiot. We have the best medicines in the world, and it all happened very shortly, and they're all getting approved, and the vaccines are coming momentarily. Thank you very much. And Walter Reed, what a group of people. Thank you very much. Again, you have the best medicines in the world, and, like, any decent leader would have done exactly the opposite First of, of all, everything that Trump has done since fucking February. Exactly the opposite. Can we go back to, uh, I'm immune. Maybe I'm immune. I Maybe don't know. I'm immune. Maybe I have a 12-inch pee. I don't know. Who can keep up with that stuff? You know what's fucking hilarious? Maybe I'm God, Brandon. Right. Who knows? Can you prove I'm not? He could be. Uh, I mean, to his followers, he is. Which is so funny to me, too, because, He's like, immune to learning anything. His fucking followers, too, uh, until they all got kicked off their fucking Q pages a couple of days ago, uh... They they love to do that whole like ah we're living in revelation and uh, not all of his followers but like there's that there's that faction that side Sect. The, the, yeah. the very far right and it's funny to me because like the way that he talks I'm like dude I read Revelation like he is totally the beast <laughs> like or at least one of its fucking heads like I don't know uh just ridiculous um maybe i'm immune i don't know uh, it's just it's again it's the it's the whole optics thing like maybe trump wants to bang his daughter i don't know i don't know? know i don't know what's funny they too, love you can just say anything and i don't know maybe that's true what's funny too is like the dumbass like also if you were immune why did you have to get two experimental cocktails why the fuck did that have to happen getting covid proves you're not immune right yes what the <laughs> His oh. his spin team his spin team turned it into what he means is he probably has antibodies. So just so you know that when you go into the next room with his with his peeps, like that's the argument is that he probably meant. But then again, so does all, he hear the all, word? He heard the word antibodies and he thought it sounded like a superhero thing, and he decided he had immunity like Wolverine. My thing is that like I don't think that that's what he meant, and I don't care. Because that move is played out. You've overplayed your hand with this is what he meant. I'm going to take it at face value. He didn't even know what he meant. No. He's rambling like a senile old man. Like a shriveled up sack of steroids. 
Um, the following day on October 6th, the White House outbreak continued to grow as the Joint Chiefs of Staff went into isolation after the Coast Guard's uh, second-in-command contracts the virus. So it really puts it like him having COVID really puts us in a national security pinch, right? Like now all yeah. of our fucking leaders are in fucking quarantine and because he meets with so many people a day and it's almost like we should have done something when we first knew him that there or was his the, aides. Well, yeah. But, yeah. But, you know, the White House is always jumping, but it's almost like we should have done something when we first figured out there was a contagious virus. You know, like, maybe we should have put some safeguards in place. and done... Just put her on the plane. Just don't let Chinese people come over here. It's like, fine. For real, if there was any reasonable president, Hope Hicks doesn't fly back on the plane as soon as she tests positive. Like, no. you get her another fucking plane. Yeah. Like, leave her the fuck in Minnesota or wherever the hell you were. Right. Because you've already probably been exposed to it at that I'm point. I'm sure you have no... an Air Force Two. Yeah, yeah, there's no point in traveling in the fucking plane with it. Yeah. Like, it's just like it's it's botched from the fucking beginning. Um, so in the middle of the day, um, Trump says that he's feeling extremely well. And we get another video. Um, I think this one was from the Rose Garden. Hi, perhaps you recognize me. It's your favorite president. And I'm standing in front of the Oval Office at the White House, which is always an exciting place to be. I got back a day ago from Walter Reed Medical Center. I spent four days there. I think this was a blessing from God that I caught it. This was a blessing in disguise. I caught it. I heard about this drug. I said, let me take it. It was my suggestion. I said, let me take it. And it was incredible the way it worked. Incredible. He's smarter than even the doctors. Like, I mean, he'll fucking walk into a goddamn hospital and be like, give me that one. Give me that one. I don't need that one. Give me that one. Ooh, I'll take a little bit of that one, too. <sighs> fucking. What makes your hands bigger? <laughs> like, dude, he just, like, the whole thing is bullshit. And, like, I don't think, like, obviously, I don't hey, think if he had having that, it. First of all, if he had that power to pick drugs randomly that worked, he would have figured something out to regrow hair at this point. <laughs> right? Uh. <laughs> It, it it just like also a blessing from God. like God does not give you I don't again I don't know. back to the revelation thing right kind of the he beast. is dropping that a lot <laughs> like like Jesus. what the fuck dude uh and plus that's just like okay like I'm not a super religious person but like even I might be careful with that like I might not tempt fate so much to be like. I'm over it. It was a gift from God. Ha ha. I mean, on the off chance that like there might be something else there that I don't know I about. I think we all remember <laughs> like, Herman Cain making several statements of my doctors were geniuses. I'm out of the woods. I, yeah, I'm not. I'm not gonna attempt fate. Just, just saying. Um, so let's see. As uh, October sixth moves along, Trump takes his first or his final dose of remdesivir, um, and uh, Stephen Miller also test positive on October 6th. In the middle of the day on October 6th, uh, we got an interesting development. Lisa, tonight President Trump is said to be exploring his options for some way he can deliver a live address to the nation, but he insists there will be no more talk of another pandemic relief package until November at the earliest. Yeah, so that was kind of a fucking bombshell in the middle of the day that all of a sudden... Uh, Trump has COVID. Trump has COVID. He's in and out of the hospital. Like, we don't know if he's going to live. We don't know if he's going to die. He thinks he's Superman. He's fucking coughing over here. He can't breathe over here. 
what the fuck is going on? And then in the middle of the day, something completely unrelated the, to Trump's diagnosis and all of the craziness that has happened over the last couple of days. And Trump just angrily fucking tweets, I'm calling off the... I'm calling off the negotiations. Like a petulant child. But we're not doing anything until after uh, until after the election. And just like everybody was kind of taken by shock. And it was an interesting play, especially since uh, especially based on the information that had come out of his from his own administration earlier in the same day. But the president's decision to shut down any stimulus compromise talks with Democrats until after the election came just hours after his own Fed chief urged something big to sustain the recovery. Too little support would lead to a weak recovery, creating unnecessary hardship for households and businesses. The stimulus stopper landed with equal thuds on Wall Street, where the Dow tumbled nearly 380 points, and on Main Street. So yeah, his own administration had come out earlier in the day and said like look you need we need to figure something out because the the economic impact is going to be worse if we don't and then like just what an interesting fucking play and out of nowhere like i remember we uh were texting back and forth and because i have followed up on that because ever since we did that episode i've wanted to know where that's going to end how is this saga going to play out because now I know all of their negotiating tactics throughout the whole thing, so I want to know where they land. And so to have this in the middle of the day was just like, what the fuck? Where did this come from? And completely changed like the whole story for a second from uh, even him having COVID to just like, holy fuck, we weren't talking about this as the main story of yeah. the day. Um, yeah, just just really fucking weird play. And it's been it, it made all the weirder by the fact that we kind of thought a stimulus talk was dead anyway. I think a lot of us assume like we're probably gonna have to wait until I a either Trump gets reelected or Biden wins for anything to happen. For anything to happen, right? So the fact that like oh we we got kind of close and then we got pulled away, it's just like they're fucking te- they're teasing us. Yeah, and we're all getting blue balls as a nation. This this happened uh, the the day evening whatever before. Um, the vice presidential debate. So like all of this is happening, you know that the news tomorrow, the following day is going to be all vice presidential debate and whatever. And it's just like, what just happened? Like this was just such a weird left field thing. And it just seemed like to me, it seemed like, uh, because even when he was in the hospital, it seemed like we started right back where we got right back. We ended right back where we started without a deal with no, with nothing. We didn't take a step forward. Yeah. He's not a great deal maker. Like he's not good at it. He's good at pouting and walking away, but he's not good at deal making. And him and the GOP can't seem to get along enough to want to make a deal. And I'll offer you more evidence of that in a couple of minutes. Um, but we'll jump forward to October, uh, 7th. Um, as far as Trump's part of the day goes, uh, Connolly writes up a brief, he writes a brief update on Wednesday that Trump has not suffered from the coronavirus symptoms for more than 24 hours and has been fever free for over four days and has normal oxygen saturation levels. Um, 
And Trump reportedly leaves the White House residence and works in the Oval Office for the first time. Those were the images that we saw of hazmat suits spraying down the Oval Office. Which, again, like, I think it's funny that he's out here pitching that, like, ah, it's no big deal, it's whatever. Like, I don't have somebody in a hazmat suit to clean my house, so yeah. it must be a fucking big deal. Yeah. Like, your your own administration points out how much of a liar you are or how, un- how they, like they can't underestimate it because you will die if they do because the reality is it is a big deal right as much as you want to say it's not so that brings us uh to what i thought this episode was going to be about in the first place uh was later that night the vice presidential debate happened and while and what I will say about the vice, I didn't pull a ton from it. We're only going to listen to a few clips, uh, and we'll get into the reasons why as we're listening to them. Historically, VP debates haven't been that they're not that great. decisive. No. They don't really like you have a you can have a Palin moment or a, a it seems a, like a legitimate rape moment where you can really fuck up your candidate. It really seems like they are just gaff. Like they're they're before memes, like they were the meme, like that that's of government yeah. is just to put them there, have that that moment. Uh, what was it, Dan Quayle back in the fucking nineties? Misspelling or, potato or, or, or yeah, yeah, like <clears throat> yeah, they yeah. really the really um, the only reason you really remember a, a VP debate at all is because there's someone a, made a giant mistake. Yeah, there's and always it became a, a punching there's bag. There's always a silly moment that comes out of it. Um. So I pulled a few clips from this one, uh, and I. But I wasn't. Here's here's what I will say to preface the the debate portion of this. Um, in comparison to the last episode that we did, um, considerably more tolerable to get through than whatever the fuck happened in when the fucking child bully got up on stage. Um, now, I will also say, too, that I wasn't overly impressed with either of them. There might be a little no. bias there because I'm not overly impressed with either of them anyway. Like, I don't think a debate was going to help or hurt that as far as from my perspective. I'm not a big fan of Kamala Harris, and I'm not a big – and I'm a, I'm a less of a fan of fucking Raw Potato Mike. Um, <laughs> the clear gummy bear that is Mike Pence. Right. So uh, – um, so I don't know. This one was kind of boring to me, but in a good way. It was you know, noticeable what, for a few things. More, well, what, more. The, the reason it was notable for me is what both candidates both did, like the things that, the, like the, the fact that they refused to answer questions, that they obfuscated, that they, yeah, they would lead them back to these preloaded talking points, well, which I, is not new for politicians. And I know that we had all been texting one another, um, like. 10, 20, 30 minutes into the thing, and just like, has anybody answered a fucking question no. yet? No, and it became so obvious to anybody, like, I had people, like, looking over and telling me, like, that was not the question, like, or no. I would I would just be like, halfway through um, Kamala Harris's answer about her mother being such an, inf- like, influencer in life, I'd be like, this question was about the health of the right. president. yeah. Well, it was the whole thing about, like, whatever the fuck Mike Pence's first question was, and he just went on about how, like, this is America, and I love America. Like, dude, what are you doing? Like, you were asked a question. Yeah. Uh, and again, the moderator being, like, well, I'm sure we'll get into it. It, but, felt, uh, it felt like a more normal debate than 
Uh, it felt like it should have had more structure or substance because there wasn't so much interrupting and Trump's presence went there. Yeah. Wasn't there. But the problem was we didn't really get any more knowledge or, or uh, no. idea of what's going to happen if either person gets elected nope. than when we started the night. Nope, not at all. Um, we'll get into this first bite here where uh, the the two candidates, Harris and Pence, um, are kind of going at each other. They're asked about uh, the COVID-19 response. Um, from the White House. Vice President Pence, you were in the front row in a Rose Garden event 11 days ago, what seems to have been a super spreader event for senior administration and congressional officials. No social distancing, few masks, and now a cluster of coronavirus cases among those who were there. How can you expect Americans to follow the administration's safety guidelines to protect themselves from COVID when you at the White House have not been doing so? Well, the American people have demonstrated over the last eight months that when given the facts, they're willing to put the health of their families and their neighbors and people they don't even know first. And President Trump and I have great confidence in, in the American people and, and their ability to take that information and put it into practice. Real quick. I would argue that the American people have kind of fucked up if we have 210,000 deaths. And I wouldn't even necessarily say that that's the American people's fault, per se. Uh, it's just somewhat, because there's personal responsibility that goes into play here. Um, but also, like, a lack of a fucking federal guidance and plan. A leader? Yeah, like... Had no we, leadership, no clear path forward, no idea or plan? I'm not saying that if, like, Barack Obama was up there telling us how, like, playing it different than Donald Trump, that there wouldn't be pushback and there wouldn't be still people out, like, protesting lockdowns and shit. But, like, man, if you had just, like, some leadership from the get-go, like... Maybe uh, maybe I'd buy into I trust the American people a little bit more. Also, what what does that have to do with uh, the White House not having enough ma- not using masks and listening to the scientists yeah, and doctors? It really it really doesn't. The like, American people are resilient. Oh, that's not the question they ask. I mean, the fact of the matter is, like the White House's response to it is the same, like internally inside the walls of the White House as it was for. Uh, the pandemic at large. In the height of the epidemic, when we were losing a heartbreaking number of 2,500 Americans a day, we surged resources to New Jersey and New York and New Orleans and Detroit. We told the American people what needed to be done, and the American people made the sacrifices. When the outbreak in the Sun Belt happened this summer, again, Americans stepped forward. But the reality is the work of the President of the United States goes on. A vacancy on the Supreme Court of the United States uh, has come upon us, and the president introduced Judge Amy Coney yes, Barrett. Thank you. Thank you, Vice but President. At, at yes. that, if I may say, that Rose Garden event. So he talked for two minutes. There's a great deal of speculation yeah. about it. My wife Karen and I were there and honored to be there. Many of the people who were at that event, Susan, actually were tested yes. for coronavirus, and it was an outdoor event, which yeah. all of our scientists regularly and routinely advise. The difference here is... President Trump and I trust the American people to make choices in the best interest of their health. Joe Biden and Kamala Harris consistently talk about mandates, and not, not just mandates with the coronavirus, but a government takeover of health care, the you, Green President New Harris. Deal, all government control. We're about freedom and respecting the freedom of the American so people. So a bunch of buzzwords there. Before she responds, we'll kind of take I know, a look at that. I had a... 
uh, I was playing a drinking game when I was watching the VP debate, uh, and I really wish one of the roles would have been drink every time the Green New Deal is mentioned. Yeah. I don't think it was, because Pence brings it up in every answer. No matter what the question is about, he turns it back to AOC, the Green New Deal. Yep. You tacitly, you're the first one to sign on to it. Well, that's the whole play, right? Is Kamala Harris is the progressive. You want to tie her to uh, Bernie Sanders, Elizabeth Warren, AOC, um the uh what's the group of women the four uh, the, the squad the squad um like if you can start throwing because that's all i heard from him was just buzzwords i also don't like the fact I that i like, heard him again, like not say shit for two minutes about what he was and then when about. he was cut off it's like okay i'll answer the question now like yeah. motherfucker the the moderator just said no you had two minutes there are rules like yeah. you're not getting another two minutes because you refused to answer the question at the beginning that's why we asked you the question, how do you not get this? Well, and I will say to you— And that's not just on him. Kamala Harris does the same fucking exactly. thing. Yeah, I was yeah. going to say the same thing. That, like, to be fair to Mike Pence, that, like, neither one of them are answering anything that, like, in a satisfactory way. They both are able to make charges at the other. Uh, but, like, as far as when they're asked a question— uh, like, I wasn't satisfied with it. I remember texting you when this was over and being like, did did either one of them answer anything? Like, nope. They they said uh, my their notes, talking points. It's just I think like, my notes when I sent you them were like over and over. I just wrote like not in, they're they're avoiding the question. Yeah, this is like or write down like, does anybody remember what the question was? It just seems like it was a very practiced way to get back to the talking point that they whichever talking point that they wanted yeah to, pence clearly to had the talking point of like green new deal mm-hmm. fucking what else he brought up like two or three things and just hammered them over and over and then harris would get off like she'd be asked about the president's health and, and she'd I be w- like my mom i was like, less what? impressed with susan rice right yeah the moderator yeah susan. Who, like i was less impressed with her ability than donald trump's and that's kind of that's kind of a big statement, and because Donald Trump was going crazy on stage, I wouldn't expect anyone to be able to handle that. Um, but like these guys were just doing, like they were they were following the rules. They're politicians, uh, and it's still I just wasn't satisfied with her her job of moderating it and keeping them on track. And it, I'd like I want people to be challenged when they bullshit. Like I I don't need you as the moderator to always just sit back like challenge both of them it doesn't i think a lot of and maybe i'm just maybe i'm just applying something here but like i think some moderators probably it would make sense as humans to think that like oh if i push back then this is what people are going to assume i am helping this candidate i'm hurting but like then fuck them both up Push back on because they're both gonna offer bullshit. They always both offer bullshit. Biden offered bullshit. Trump offered bullshit. Yeah. In the same way that I think that you should cut their mic after two minutes. Right. Like you should uh, thank you. Finish your sentence. If you yeah. start another one, we're cutting your mic because we're not gonna allow this. Because and like and if that pisses you off or if you blow up because of it, then that's on you. Right. You're, you should be able to debate in a civil manner. Yeah. Yeah, and you should be able to answer questions, not just uh, just yeah. That the question. Throw bombs. I don't at know, the other do we one. have the question about the president's health? Uh, I don't know if I pulled that one. I don't think you did. Yeah, but that one got me because they both went off so hard. Like, immediately, (laughs) Pence started talking about Biden wanting to raise taxes, and Harris started talking about her mother. And I was like, this is— They asked about the president's health. Yeah. You can't even, like, make in a roundabout way get there from where you're starting. Just just goofy night. Let's talk about respecting the American people. 
You respect the American people when you tell them the truth. You respect the American people when you have the courage Which we've to be a leader done. speaking of those things that you may not want people to hear, but they need to hear so they can protect themselves. But this administration stood on information that if you had as a parent, if you had as a worker knowing you didn't have enough money saved up, and now you're standing in a food line because of the ineptitude of an administration that was unwilling to speak the truth to the American people. So let's talk about caring about the American people. The American people have had to sacrifice far too much because of the incompetence of this administration. It is asking too much of the people. Susan, we talk no, about it is asking too much of the people Look, that they would not be equipped with the information they need to help themselves to protect Susan, their parents the and their no, children. So, I mean, I don't think she's wrong. And I don't think that, like, they do a bad job of throwing shade at the other. Like, they, there are reasonable complaints on both sides. I, I, don't, I don't like Mike Pence. I don't like his vision. I'm not a huge fan of Kamala Harris either. But, I mean, as, like, I line up with Kamala Harris on more things than I do Mike Pence. But, yeah, and it's, hard to, it's hard to argue <coughs> with Kamala Harris uh, – Kamala Harris's whole point that like uh, this administration has failed on the COVID response. And it's yeah. a lot harder to buy Pence's point of like, hey, the last four years of failures have been the Democrats' fault. Like the what? The people not in power? Yeah, the people they that have haven't... they've been the ones making all these shitty decisions and yeah. not preparing. Yeah, yeah, that's sorry, that's that's. I a don't tough buy it. Sell. Like, yeah, it's, like... it's a lot harder to tell it's sell when you're in the incumbent and where the country's burning. So now we'll jump forward a little bit uh, to. Um, what was one of my least favorite moments um, from Kamala Harris? Like I said, I didn't pull a ton of clips from this because I just really wasn't impressed with their answers. I had hoped and we had said at the end of the previous episode that like, man, I really would like to get more policy. And I'm not saying that they didn't talk more policy. They just didn't answer the questions. Like there was really they bitched about each other's policy, but very, yeah. very rarely did either of them offer. Here's what we're going to do. Yeah, This is what our vision is. Yeah. Um, and so all they would say is what they're saying about our vision is a lie. Right. I feel like had we done a full episode on that, it would have been boring as shit. So th this was though one of the moments that made me just kind of like what the fuck are you doing like why are we why are we doing this um and this is when they start talking about the supreme court so we'll play this when you speak about the supreme court though i think the american people really deserve an answer senator harris are you and joe biden going to pack the court if judge amy coney barrett is confirmed I mean, there have been 29 vacancies on the Supreme Court during presidential election years from George Washington to Barack Obama. Presidents have nominated in all 29 cases. But your party is actually openly advocating adding seats to the Supreme Court, which has had nine seats for 150 years, if you don't get your way. This is a classic case of if you can't win by the rules, you're going to change the rules. Now, you've refused to answer the question. Joe Biden has refused to answer the question. So I think the American people would really like to know if Judge Amy Coney Barrett is confirmed to the Supreme Court of the United States, are you and Joe Biden, if somehow you win this election, going to pack the Supreme Court to get your way? When did Mike Pence start moderating? Right. Like, where was fucking Susan that yeah. entire time? And that's kind of what my complaint is about with her, is that, like, 
why is this happening? Why is this allowed to happen? Why is he the one who's questioning her now? Yeah. Why did he tell the moderator, hang on, I have to ask a question? Like, no, you don't get to ask a question. <laughs> Either, and, like, whatever, that's fine. I'm fine with him doing it because, like, it's all part of the political game, right? Um, and what he's trying to do now is the same thing that they tried to get Joe Biden with. But here's the thing that I think, the reason that I don't think it's going to play for Republicans before I let her get to her answer uh, because as we talked about in the last episode, if you, um, there's too many ifs that go into this scenario, right? If the Senate flips, if, 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 if Biden wins, if the Senate flips, yeah. if enough Democrats agree to change the rules, right. if the Republicans can't block it. Yeah. The fact that there are things that we should be talking about that are genuinely more likely to happen, like an, uh, a not peaceful transition of power, say, right. Or uh, Trump's health, which was, you know, at the time, but, especially a very hot button issue that neither one of them wanted to answer. Well, and the reason I don't think it, I don't like the hypocrisy of calling out someone for you didn't answer the question. Motherfucker, Pence, you didn't ask. You didn't answer any of the questions. Well, I think what's funny, though, is that like this is going to play only to Republicans and Trump Trump basers anyway, um, because the whole the 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 idea here is that like oh the Democrats are gonna get in if 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 uh, they're gonna they're gonna put more justices on the court and stack the court. Um, but here's why it doesn't play because as long as Kamala Harris and Joe Biden don't answer the question ever until for the next twenty five days, as long as they don't answer the question. Uh, then Republicans can only speculate. And speculation right. relies on too and, many ifs. And that speculation might work, but except for two words, Merrick Garland. Right. It doesn't play. They can't scream hypocrisy. You want to pack the Supreme Court. You're hypocrites. You won't answer the question. Like, all right, you well, want to talk about, like, you stalled the Supreme Court nomination and then said it was because of a certain set of rules. And now that we have those exact same set of rules well, four and, years later. Like, sorry, but Mitch McConnell has been stacking fucking courts for four years. Right. Like, so. it's not, it hasn't been a problem before. That's like them arguing about gerrymandering. Like, how could you do that? Like, you would do the same thing. I'm so glad we went through a little history lesson. Let's do that a little more. In 1864... Well, I'd like you to answer the question. No, Mr. Yes. Vice President, I'm Please. speaking. I'm speaking. Okay. In 1864, one of the, I think, political heroes, certainly of the president, I, I assume of you also, Mr. Vice President, is Abraham Lincoln. Mm -hmm. Abraham Lincoln was up for re-election. And it was 27 days before the election. And a seat became open on the United States Supreme Court. Abraham Lincoln's party was in charge not only of the White House, but the Senate. But Honest Abe said, it's not the right thing to do. The American people deserve to make the decision about who will be the next president of the United States. And then that person can select who will serve for a lifetime on the highest court of our land. And so Joe and I are very clear. The American people are voting right now. And it should be their decision about who will serve on this most important body for a lifetime. Horrible answer. That's a horrible fucking answer. Um, it's not horrible. Yes, it is. Because no, I mean, it's from, not related it's, to shit. It's, it's, saying, it's related. It's, it's calling out like, uh, tell me why you're not doing what Lincoln would have done. Why, why You have so much honor. You're the greatest president since ever. But that, that but, but nobody, here, but nobody cares. Like nobody gives well, a fuck. No, but Trump also, people like, don't give a fuck. The Democrats answer, don't give a fuck. 
Like, yeah. be- because but that answer, like, that- what answer would have been better? Would Mer- the Merrick Garland answer been better? Now, like- a history lesson was not a good play there. Like, yeah, maybe. Ju- I mean, like, the better answer would have been the answer that Biden gave. Honestly, Biden gave the perfect answer. Anything I say here is going to become the story. I'm not. We're not going to talk about that. Like, and my answer is a better answer. Like, there's a lot of shit that relies on. So just point out the fact that that entire theory is all based on a shit ton of variables. And they all have to fall into place for it to work. So, like, maybe it will happen. Maybe it won't. But there's a lot of steps before that. I I agree with you. I don't think it was a foot-in-mouth answer it wasn't something that was gonna get a lot of no it was just something headlines you know i rolled like it was an eye roll moment for me because well this whole debate was a 90 minute eye roll so you're gonna you're gonna your answer to this is gonna be uh well honest abe was a good guy and since like because the 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 reasonable line of thinking here is that like as Abraham Lincoln is an American hero, you're not going to go against Abraham Lincoln in this scenario. Yeah, not the man me, of your party. But to me, it's just like nobody gives a shit. They like Trump. Like they're not like now. How many people do you think that was? Um, how many people do you think knew that 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 Lincoln hadn't that had decided? I not didn't to, know that. Right. Yeah. So like, I mean, I could see that as a good play of like, hey, this is a way of getting a little propaganda in front of the American people and doing it in a way that like, um. Yeah, maybe. A simile of an argument. It's like this. It's exactly like this time from history that most people don't know about, but didn't he do the right thing, and shouldn't they be doing the same thing now? I'll allow you to have your belief system, but I'm still going to consider that now, a I will say, eye roll for me. It's it's a little telling that uh, the story she picked is uh, an election right before, right in the middle of a civil war. So is that what she's implying? I hope not. <laughs> like I sincerely <laughs> hope not. Um, that was my biggest like problem with that example. I was like, oh, uh, is it like that if if I was Pence and playing the game, that's what I would have responded with. Of like, are you saying we're in a so like are our brothers again, brother? You know, like I, well, I don't yeah. know. Maybe she could play that against him. Uh, yeah, she probably could. I don't think that the Trump administration should be inciting any more shit from here on. They out. probably shouldn't be using the word civil war at all. Right, probably not. Yeah, that's probably a good one to stay away from. Um, so then we get to a moment a little bit later on in the debate that I actually think pretty much it's my last clip from the debate, and I think it it pretty much sums up my entire feeling about the debate. I think that if you just if I only gave you this uh, clip, you pretty much have the entire debate. President Trump has several times refused to commit himself to a peaceful transfer of power after the election. If your ticket wins and President Trump refuses to accept a peaceful transfer of power, what steps would you and Vice President Biden then take? What would happen next? You have two minutes. So I'll tell you, um, Joe and I are, I think, particularly um, proud of the coalition that we've built around our campaign. We probably have one of the broadest coalitions of folks that you've ever seen in a presidential race. Of course, we have the support of Democrats, but also independents and Republicans. In fact, um, seven members of uh, President George W. Bush's cabinet are supporting our ticket. Uh, We have the support of of Colin Powell, Cindy McCain, John Kasich, um, over 500 uh, generals, retired generals, and, and former national security experts and advisors are supporting our campaign. And I believe they are doing that because they know 
that Joe Biden has a deep, deep-seated commitment to fight for our democracy and to fight for the integrity of our democracy and to bring integrity back to the White House. And so we believe in the American people. We believe in our democracy. And here's what I'd like to say to everybody. Vote. Please vote. Vote early. Come up with a plan to vote. Go to IWillVote.com. You can also go to, to JoeBiden.com. We have it within our power in these next 27 days to make the decision about what will be the course of our country for the next four years. And it is within our power, and if we use our vote and we use our voice, we will win. And we will not let anyone subvert our democracy with what Donald Trump has been doing, as he did on the debate stage last week, when again in front of 70 million people, he openly attempted to suppress the vote. Joe Biden, on the other hand, on that same debate stage, because clearly Donald Trump doesn't think he can run on a record because it's a failed record, Joe Biden on that stage said, hey, just please vote. So I'll repeat what Joe said. Please uh, vote. Brandon, I have a question. Yes. Did she answer the question? Uh, no. No. Uh, no. She brought up the fact that he might, like, he's encouraging voter fraud. Uh, he might not accept the election, which was the question of what will you do if he doesn't yeah. accept the results? And she, well, like, well, we got a lot of GOP senators who signed onto a coalition. Good. What which, does that do? Which, here's the thing. Like, if she, like, really, she could have just gone with the Joe Biden answer because the Joe Biden answer was, look, that's not going to happen. We just need to vote. And he, he like, he was able to do or that he, transition. Even the, I, the, the what problem, I would have gone with is, like, that's, we're just a campaign. The United States government and we as a nation. Has a responsibility. We have, a yeah. thing, we have things in place to make sure that doesn't yes. happen. You know, we will respect our laws and our, right. our Constitution. So, yeah, that's the better play. And Joe Biden's way of doing it, which was just to transition quicker, my problem with the way that she did it was she spent like two minutes of like our coalition is John Kasich and a bunch of people who and don't. And John McCain's who, daughter, who like, gives a who, shit? I don't like, care. She's never served plus, in office. You were asked, "What the fuck is going to happen if democracy is stolen?" Yeah, like they want to know if Biden's going to kick in the front doors of the White House with a gun in his hand and right. take his rightful seat. That's what they want to know, right? Um. So, uh, quick survey of you, um. You think Pence has a more satisfying answer? Let me see. Does he talk about the Green New Deal? Uh, if he does, I'm going to lose my shit. If Vice President Biden is declared the winner and President Trump refuses to accept a peaceful transfer of power, what would be your role and responsibility as vice president? What would you personally do? You have two minutes. Well, Susan, first and foremost, I think we're going to win this election. Because while uh, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris rattle off a long litany of the establishment in Washington, D.C., an establishment that Joe Biden's been a part of for 47 years, President Donald Trump has, has launched a movement of everyday Americans from every walk of life. And uh, I have every confidence that those, those same Americans that delivered that historic victory in 2016, they see this president's record where we rebuild our military, we revived our economy through tax cuts and rolling back regulation, fighting for fair trade, unleashing American energy. We appointed conservatives to our federal courts at every level. And, and we stood with the men and women of law enforcement every single day. And I think, I think that movement of Americans has only grown stronger in the last four years. But when you talk about accepting the outcome of the election, um, I, I must tell you, uh, Senator, 
your party has spent the last three and a half years trying to overturn the results of the last election. It's amazing. When Joe Biden was vice president of the United States, the FBI actually spied on President Trump and my campaign. I mean, there were documents released this week that the CIA actually made a referral uh, to the FBI documenting that those allegations were coming from the Hillary Clinton campaign. So he goes on with a bunch more conspiracy cue cards and bullshit. Uh, but so thanks for showing up, Mike. Like, what are you going to do if your boss doesn't accept the uh, results of the election? And what is answer, your responsibility? We going to win. We, yeah, we're going to win. Yeah. Like, don't worry about it. We're going to win. Um, and then he talks about court uh, packing the courts and then cops, which how ironic that is for someone who just accused someone of wanting to pack the courts. He's like, we've stacked the courts with conservative judges. You, Why is that a bad thing when they do it, but a good thing when you do it? What's hilarious to me is that in the last week between uh, between the last recording and this recording, Hillary Clinton has been brought up in debates and on Fox by the candidates in the campaign uh like at least four or five times hillary clinton is not like a thing in 2020 like she has no political power using the exact same playbook i don't i don't think it's gonna work this time i don't know what they're like if they have a trick up their sleeve uh but you know like just staying um but that's pretty much that pretty much wraps up the debate part of it. Like I wasn't impressed. I think that pr- those answers was it, pretty much sum it up. Was it less uh, embarrassing than the presidential debate? Well, yeah, yeah, but it was going to be like any adult that showed up, even though it was like, less embarrassing on its face because of the lack of childishness. But it was just as embarrassing with the lack of substance. I do though. I am kind of pissed off at Donald Trump uh, for. Um, the like the way that we have consumed media for the last four years as i was watching it i was extremely bored whereas like when i started watching the presidential debate i was anxious in the beginning but then i kind of like just fell into the groove of like this is how this is gonna go with this i was just like god they're talking so slow (laughs) like what's happening so many times throughout the night i thought like that has to be two minutes right yeah so that was uh that was still on October seventh. Uh, the last bullet point that we have for that day is shortly after the debate ended, uh, a couple hours after the debate ended, and a late night tweet. Um, Donald Trump changed his fucking mind. Uh, the Corona he wants stand he wants standalone bills, um, because the fucking stock market had crashed. Uh, earlier when he it hadn't it didn't crash but it fell um, at the news that like airlines were gonna lay off a bunch of people Um, I think Disney had laid off a bunch of yeah because there there was no there was no relief coming right because there was no relief after he had called off abruptly uh, prior to the debate so it was interesting that but at at the end of the night, he is now, and in the way that he he did this uh, was, I want standalone bills, and if you uh, uh, will fund the airlines, and if you give me a stimulus, like a twelve, we'll send out twelve hundred dollars immediately. I'll sign it immediately. Um, and he started tweeting like, "Are you listening, Nancy? Whatever, tagging a bunch of people." Um, so that was the end of the night on. October 7th. Are you listening? 
Nancy. He has his. He has her number, right? Oh yeah. People were able to communicate with the uh, the opposite to party me, for years. To me, years before Twitter came around. I think I texted you guys like late when that when that tweet was out and was just like. What the fuck is this guy doing? Like, it, like it's on again, off again, off again. Like, they've been fucking negotiating for weeks and months and whatever. It's like a high school couple at this point. And just now, like, either stay together or break the fuck up. Yeah. I don't care, but I'm just tired of the will they, won't they? And now after the fucking debate, like, we get this tweet that's just like, yeah, get it on my desk now. It's like, what the fuck is going on, man? Um... So if we jump forward to the next day, October 8th, yesterday, uh, for us now, um, Dr. Connolly says that Trump has completed his COVID-19 treatment and uh, he can return to the public. Um, so he's... He's like, cured. He's cured. He's better. It's been fucking six days or something. And he's all better. <laughs> the God King doesn't suffer your measly diseases. Like, he gets over it immediately. Right. Come on. It's all, so, it's all that uh, Diet Dr. Pepper or whatever yeah. you drink. What, Diet Pepsi? What does he drink? I, Diet, Diet Coke. Diet Coke. That's, that's the worst. That is that is the worst, right? too. Sorry. No class. No no sponsorship. <laughs> um, yeah, so, but that's not the end. But that's anyway. not even the end of our crazy week, right? Like, that's the that's where we are what right What was that, Wednesday? Uh, that was Thursday. Thursday. Uh, mm. So, like, that's where we are with COVID right now coursing through Trump's veins about to infect a lot more people because right. he refuses to wear a mask. Yeah. And uh but that's not that's not all of the developments, right? Well, we also had, you know, because of not only Trump getting it because of the super spreader event, the uh the Rose Garden Supreme Court fucking party they held, uh a couple of people got COVID who are important to get the nomination through for Con right. uh for Amy Coney Barrett. Yeah. So like they maybe possibly jeopardized a Supreme Court nomination right before an election that they could have rammed through right? because they didn't want to wear a fucking mask. Yeah. The morning after uh, the debate, um, the campaigns were being asked about the next presidential debate because Donald Trump has COVID, even though his doctors are saying whatever. Um, they, they haven't provided any reason for us to believe that he has tested negative yet. Um, everybody around him, like there were reports that like whole like press areas and like staff areas of the White House are completely empty because of either the fear or the exposure. Um, and so while all of that's going on, the campaigns are being asked about the next debate. And Joe Biden was saying that, you know, like I'll debate him if the doctors say that it's okay to debate him and so the debate commission comes out and announces that it is going that there will be a virtual debate this is thursday morning um and uh well donald trump couldn't help but call into maria bartiromo on fox business i beat him in the first debate at the second debate we have a never trumper as a host but that's okay because i beat him in the second debate also no, and uh, but I'm not going to so, do a virtual debate. So you're not. So, Mr. President, you're not going to do it because the CPD, the Commission on Presidential Debates, announcing this morning uh, that the second presidential debate will be virtual. Are you saying you're not going to participate? No, I'm not going to waste my time on a virtual debate. That's not what debating's all about. You sit behind a computer and do a debate. It's ridiculous. And then they cut you off whenever they want. 
I have a host who I always thought was a nice guy, but I see he's a never-Trumper. You know, came out that he's a never-Trumper. Uh, we do have some of them, Maria, believe it or not, because they don't like to win. Uh, and uh, I, so, but I'm I not doing. I'm not doing a virtual. I think too that she's trying to uh, defend. I think she's trying to defend uh, Chris Wallace there for a second. Oh, I think like she's trying to. She's talking about the person who's going to moderate the second debate. She says that moderator has. I think that's what she was saying. Maybe. Um, I don't know. All I. I know mean, it would is, make sense for him to call Chris Wallace a never Trumper because of all the Fox News personalities, he's the closest you're going to get. Well, and, and he kind he, of is. Well, and because Trump lost the debate, and he knows he lost the debate, yeah. but she gives up on that really quick because she's just like, he's talking over me. Fuck this. But, they, they didn't even tell at, us at about the debate, man. So you just learned this this morning? Yeah, we learned it the same way you learned it. They called up uh, two minutes ago, and uh, it was announced. And uh, they're, they're trying to protect Biden. Everybody is. They're trying like that NBC disaster where he went on a, this show with Lester Holt. It was like it was meant for a child. It wasn't meant for a, a grown person. Oh, man. It's so fun to listen to the guy who just pouted for the entire hour and a half debate seven days ago. Uh, it's it's meant for a child. It wasn't meant for a grown man. Like, now he sounds like Alex yeah. Jones. Because <laughs> grown men yell over one another and don't let anybody get a point in. And then grown fight men, with the moderator. Grown men ride bears shirtless. <laughs> Ah, oh, dude, fuck off. Um, yeah, he has no respect for Robert's rules of order, and that's what gets me. Like, there there are clear rules to a debate. Yeah, like you talk, you can talk over each other a little bit, but like, don't be an asshole. So a few hours after, um, a- after this, after he's on, uh, fucking Fox Business, calling off the debate, which I think is the most hilarious thing ever, because I just think that, like, I don't think it's hilarious. Had he called off the debate because he was sick, then, like, like that's all he had to do. Like, if he would have called off... He's already he been sick, cured, Brandon. He can't do that. Well, right. I forgot. He's that, uh, fucking smacked reg- COVID. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, like, but if he was a normal person, not a superhero, um, then, like, all he would have to do is just back out because he was sick and like but i think biden can still play the whole like what you can't do a zoom meeting when you're sick can you even lead us i don't think biden actually could make that play if he was if trump was playing it like not an asshole like if he was playing playing it like like, hey like if he was actually sick like or acting sick or as sick as he is or whatever i don't think biden could make that play because you would be like you're not gonna beat up a sick guy um and, and we saw that with Biden taking down the attack ads <laughs> the moment Trump got But it's just more Trump sick, doing know? the bullshit optics, only giving a fuck about the 30% of people that he appeals to. It's interesting, though, because a couple hours after this, after he's backed out of the debate now, uh, we get another new development this week. White House whiplash. Just hours after calling off stimulus talks, President Trump said he wants Congress back at the bargaining table on a set of standalone bills. Well, it's hard to see any uh, clear, sane path on anything that he's doing. Yeah, pretty much. Like, I have to agree with Nancy there. Like, this whole thing is just fucked. Like, what is going on? Through this entire 10-day stretch, he has, like... The, they're close to negotiating. He's got COVID. He's fucking steroid tweeting about like calling off fucking. It's just and then and then by the end of the week, where the the talks are back on, 
And it's almost like it, we just wasted a week of time while Americans are almost losing their or losing their houses, fucking racking up bills. Yeah. Like, that we could have just, like, not done that. Yeah. And it might have been better. Just, I don't know, man. I, that's the last clip that I have. Um, but I just feel like, as I was going through this September 30th to, to present, I was just like... I, I cannot remember another time, which maybe, maybe if I go back and listen to old episodes, I could put a 14 or a 10 day stretch together. But like, fuck, man, a lot of weird shit went down. What, yeah. I'm trying to remember when he fired, uh, uh, when Trump fired, uh, Mueller or Comey or Comey. Yeah. Comey yeah. Either. I'm like, I know there were some crazy days there, but I don't know if there was like as many days consecutively that had big news stories breaking. I don't, well, not like, I mean, I think, and that, also this close to an election well, kind of changes it too, right? And there was a reasonable, like, I think that there was a reasonable thought in everybody's mind somewhere, whether it was like at the forefront or not, um, that like somebody that has COVID that just got helicoptered off to a military hospital who is seventy four and obese could die, like, and he's the president, and so like there was that weight. The, like gravity on the situation. Yeah. Um, we got real close to a vice or for to a president Pence, which is a s- scary thought. Maybe less scary after four years of Trump. But well, scary for the Q people because that puts Nancy Pelosi only one step away. So that's not actually true. That's not how it works. There would be another vice president. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Nancy <laughs> Pelosi explained it today. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. Just really fucking weird. Really weird. Shit. We have how many days till the election? 25. 25? Yeah. Good God. And uh, I don't think we're going to make it. <laughs> I don't know. I, we have another three weeks of this. It does seem like it feels like we're having. We're not going to get a call. I mean, or like it's not going to get calm before November 3rd. Yeah, I wouldn't think so. There's, right. It's been a crisis a week for about the last month and a half. And then this week has had like 10 crises yeah. in a week. Like we had the the. Trump COVID was last week, and what was it? The week before uh, uh, RBG died. Yeah, and the week before Trump taxes. Yeah, um, like which and, actually it, was the beginning of that same week. It was like Sunday taxes. Yeah, Ginsburg died. It just like it just keeps going. So like I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, we may not make it to November. I don't know. What's fucked up is I'm still more scared. Uh, like I'm more nervous about what happens between November and January because I still like I. That's don't... the real gray period, right? The, right. The real unknown. That's the on on the map. That's where it would say like here be monsters. Right. <laughs> yeah. My uh, my hope very much is that everybody's sick of Donald Trump shit as much as I am. And that it's just an overwhelming win for Biden. So much so that, like, like it would be crazy. My mind would be actually fucking blown if, like, we kind of had some idea on or near election night that, like, which way it was tilted. It, like, it, I th- like it flashback feel- to 2016, if by midnight we knew that, like, because I knew by, when was it, 10, 11, that we knew, like, Trump won. Yeah. Like, it, it became pretty obvious. Probably by 8, it, it started to seem pretty... It wasn't looking clear good. cut, yeah, yeah. But um, I like I'm not convinced that even like I think this might be a 2000 situation where this th- feels like it's going to be like a month. Gore v. Bush, too. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm so I don't know, but that's why like my, my except Gore hope, this time is even more boring and Bush is even more evil. Yeah, my hope though is that Biden just wins in a in a huge landslide, and we can just put this chapter to no. We should bed. start seeing. Well, I don't. 
they're collecting ballots now. They're not. They're not allowed to count, count them. them. Okay, yeah. so we won't have any indication until the day of. Yeah. How those in? Yeah. Yeah. No, we do know more Democrats are returning ballots than Republicans, so we have a pretty good guess of how a lot of them are going to go. Yeah, but that's even that creates that scary scenario that like on election night because more Republican, Trump has more people voting at polls. So it's Pied's, going it's going to look one way, and then once the ballots it, start getting counted, twenty sixteen had the same effect where Hillary was front loaded with the East Coast, and then as you got further west, Trump won more and more yeah. electoral votes. Yeah, so we'll see. I don't know. I just I I do think it's a good thing. We won't talk about it now because I another thing that happened this week that we'll go into on another episode is that like the QAnon pages finally came down off facebook they banned them and i would say too little too late very much so yeah but um but it is nice that like because there is the like there was still that side of me that would like go over there to see what was going on and like it's nice to it doesn't feel as chaotic now that they're gone like i'm sure they're out there being shitty somewhere but the good thing is that like i think facebook and shit gives them more access like more oh, community, them, yeah. So like you're not gonna because have like the they're same not gonna go to interaction on Q no, or whatever. You know, all those grandparents who are into Q are not gonna go to Parlor or right. fucking uh, you know, eight chan or eight chan, eight coon or what? Yeah, yeah, any of those other ones. The they're not gonna be able to figure out Reddit, right? Yeah. So that gives me some hope that it can kind of break that up a little bit. To, but although again, at least at the very least, Zuckerberg it is a yeah. But I'm glad that they're combating obvious disinformation. Like, that is a step well, in the right direction. It is very late, and, it's, and damage might have been too done f- for this election. And I would say it's bigger than disinformation. Like, that's a— I mean, it's not right. It's, that's a borderline hate group. Yeah. Like, they're they're close. It's hidden in there. Not so well, but, like, it is. It, it wouldn't take much to push them into being a hate group or a cult. Or a cult, yeah. 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 They already so. had the Masonic, like, Messianic leader yeah. in Q, this, like, mythical prophet that no one's ever seen. right. So, um, all right, cool. Well, I think that will pretty much do it next week. We'll have Jim back with us, um, and we will – well, we won't be doing a debate. I don't know what exactly we'll be doing because that was the plan, but now it's not. I mean, the debate might be on by the time five minutes yeah, after we leave tonight. Yeah. If the next nine days are like the last nine days. I keep like five minutes after we record every episode, you're going to look at your phone and go, fuck. God damn it. Can we just like throw it away and start Frank, over? come back. No, dude, this was a fucking four-hour process. Uh, all right, so until next time, we are on Twitter and Facebook, at TDAP Dark. Um, follow, like, share, subscribe, all this good Review. stuff. Yeah, we're putting Five stars, baby. About, about weekly. That's all I'm going to say on that when I want. So uh, until next time, here it is your alternative fact. The, the election is 25 days away, and tonight President Trump remains in the White House, forced off the campaign trail by COVID, even as he falls in the polls. But if he can't go to a rally, the president now plans to bring the rally to him, inviting guests to the White House for his first in-person event since testing positive. The Devil's Advocate podcast is a Fever Heart production. It is hosted by Brandon Condit, and co-hosted by Franklin Everhart and Jim Hillman. If you like the show, be sure to subscribe and leave a review.